0: Welcome to all those listening online, watching Facebook Live, welcome to The Grove. And everybody who's coming to the theater today, we're glad you're here. We're in a series uh, that's titled Prayer, and we're learning about one of the essentials for the Christian faith. Uh, so this is your first time to church, you came on a great week. I'll be talking about something that's very key and essential to what it means to be a follower of Christ, a Christian, um, and what it means to, um, well, really to pray, and we're going to walk through that. Uh, so we, um, we started last week. This is week two. If you missed last week, you can catch up on our podcast or online. You can go watch the service. Um, and this is what we said last week about, about prayer. We want, we want to teach you the principles of what makes prayer work and what doesn't. Because uh, I don't know about you, sometimes you pray and you're thinking, man, my prayers aren't working, why aren't they working, I'm not getting my prayers answered, what's going on? Well, there's principles to prayer. And, and in fact, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, and that was last week. He, he taught them this model of prayer. And this is what we said about principles. We says there's a principle for everything you really want in life. Anything you want, there's a principle that will help you get that. But you have to work the principle for it to work in your life. Same thing is true in prayer. There are principles that make prayer work and how God designed it. So we want to teach you those principles. So make sure you pay attention and learn those principles because they're going to help you become better when it comes to prayer. Um, and so it's going to be that. We said that prayer is, is about, it's about talking with God. Prayer is about talking with God so that we can walk with God and make a difference in this world. Really, prayer is—it's it's about relationship, and we talked about last week. And we said this when it comes to prayer: if if guilt is associated with prayer, then you're doing it wrong. Um, one, of the, one of the things that leads us to guilt is when prayer is all about us. Give me, give me, give me, 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 me. Anybody that does that all the time, eventually will feel guilty for those kind of prayers, and they'll just stop praying. The answer is, is not to stop praying. The answer is to figure out how is the correct way to pray that I can see more things in my life become better and God to work in my life. And so if don't let guilt be associated. Now, if, if you're guilty and you feel guilty about something, prayer is the answer. You go to God and you, you ask him to help you with that. But if you feel guilty for not praying or um, when you're praying, there's, there's this element of guilt there, you're probably doing it wrong. And we're going to teach you principles that help you not ever feel that way to be able to do it in a healthy way. And so last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you have a, a Catholic background, be, people would call it Our Father. Um, and, and, and in this prayer, Jesus gave it to his disciples to pray as a model. And I walked, that, I walked through that last week, which is very helpful. I talked to a few people and they said, wow, well, I didn't realize prayer could be that simple. Uh, and it is. We complicate it. And the reason a lot of times it doesn't work is because we make it complicated. Jesus didn't. He told his disciples, "If when you pray, pray this way. And he gave them a very simple model. We think it's a pattern for us to follow. And it helps you stay on like, – like a, like a train track, right? A train is most free on the track because it, it, it doesn't have the ability to go to the right or left. Well, when you pray down this track or this pattern, same thing. helps you stay focused and be able to to accomplish good things. Um, We said that the the Lord's Prayer is summarized by the last three words, uh, the, the last sentence in the Lord's Prayer. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. If you forget anything else about the Lord's Prayer, just remember those three elements. It's about God's kingdom and him doing what he wants to do in your life. It's it's his ability. He gives us the ability to accomplish things. He's the source of all the answers. It's his power that accomplishes these things. And because of that, he gets all the credit because we know when we pray and he answers, he shows up. We give him the credit for answering those prayers. And God answers those kind of prayers that we say, all right, God, I'm going to pay attention. It's not about me. It's about you. It's through you that I can accomplish these things, and then I give you the credit for doing these things in my life. And so that was the Lord's Prayer. Um, so there, I heard, I heard a story about these two men walking in the field one day. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, when you're in situations, you just really don't know what to pray. And you're thinking, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to pray or put up this time. Um, in our series, we're going to help, help you learn some different prayers that'll help you on this journey. But this story that I heard about these two guys, uh, they're in this field, they're walking. As they're walking, they notice this bull has become, there's this bull in the same, area they're in and they notice that he spots the bull spots them and they start thinking oh no he saw us and so uh they see that he's enraged he's starting to you know get, hit the ground and get really upset and really angry and, and one of the guys looks at his friend and says uh, uh, john um put up a prayer for us um he's coming and, and and as the bull starts running at them they start running for the closest fence and and, and the, his friend says john john put up a prayer i think we're in for it and his friend says um I, john says i, I can't i have never prayed in public before And he says, you've got to do something. He's coming for us. We're about to get it. Um, You must. And he says, okay, as the bull is getting closer, he says, all right, I'll say the one prayer that I do know. Um, My father used to pray this all the time. And he says this, dear Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us to be very thankful. So you might have heard that prayer for a meal, all right? Sometimes you don't always know the prayers of what to pray. We want to help you to know these prayers of what to pray and to move forward. So last week we talked about our father. That was the prayer that we taught. Throughout this series, we're going, to, we're going to focus on different prayers in the Bible, why they worked, the principles behind them, what they're teaching us. And so last week, we said our Father. It's a very relational prayer. Jesus is saying prayer is about relationship. So our Father, we recognize that he is not just, not just a God that's distant and, and, and detached and doesn't care, but he's a, he's a good father, not an earthly father that fails us, a good father that never fails us. And and he's there to help us on this journey. And so Jesus is saying recognize that. That's one of the key elements, the key principles is it's about relationship. And God wants to have a relationship with us. So our Father who art in heaven, it's about recognizing that he is God and we're not. Well, the next line of that is, hallowed be your name. And we said the principle for that is the next part of the pattern is to run to God, to recognize that he has the ability to help us in whatever we face. So we said run to his name or recognize there's power in his name, that there's something in him. Recognize the, the character of God. Well, today we're going to be talking through Psalms 23, which is um, a song or a poem, a prayer. Um, it, possibly the most famous uh, prayer or, or verse in the Bible, a portion of scripture in the Bible. It's very well known. We're going to read through that because it's going to point us to what, what his name really means and what that looks like. See, David understood something about God. And we, we would say in David's time, uh, so if we, we back up a little bit, who is David? Uh, David, the most famous king of Israel, um, he was he was a shepherd boy that God used to beat Goliath. You heard the story of David and Goliath. This is the this is the David. Um, he was a shepherd boy. He took care of his father's sheep, um, and and in that he was also a musician and a, and a poet. And so he a, a psalmist. He would write these songs and these poems, these prayers to God. And and throughout the Psalms, you you see a lot of David's prayers that he that he put to God, put to song. And and David was uh, what I love about David. He was not perfect. By far, he was not perfect. But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. David understood something about the character of God. In fact, we we would say that his time that he lived in, he had they had a very limited um, knowledge of God's character. They understood very little. Today, because of Jesus, because of the Bible, we have a lot gr- greater understanding of, of who God is and what, what he's trying to accomplish because of the revelation that's been revealed, because of the, 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 the resources we have. Well, he didn't have that, but he had an insight into who God was. And through his songs and through what he accomplished in life, we see that he had a relationship with God, and he, and, and he, and he, he did it in a way that God used him. We can say that uh, he wasn't perfect, but he was resilient. And I think this is one of the keys that we need to learn in life, is how to be resilient. Resilient means we, we can bounce back from difficulties. When we face something hard, we can bounce back. So today as we talk about this prayer, really what, what I want to wrestle with or help us overcome is, is the truth is that we all at times have issues and challenges in life. There will be times that we feel overwhelmed, we feel stressed, we feel alone or lonely. We can even maybe use the word depressed, or we're not happy, Where, where we just feel um, – just a very overwhelming sense of, of not being able to accomplish it. Uh, accomplish whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. Whatever God wants us to accomplish. Like we're not good enough. I'm going to tell you, all of us feel those things at one point or another. Like you're not alone. You might think you're alone, but you're not. We all go through these. David went through these things. He had people that were hunting him, trying to kill him. Um, he, he, growing up, he, he should have had issues that he didn't have because he was able to give it to God. But when, when, when the prophet came looking for the next king... His parents didn't even think he was worthy to even be in line to see if he was the next king. And after, after Samuel went down, he wasn't even invited to the table. Like he wasn't good enough to even be invited to the table. That would cause somebody to have a lot of issues, right? Well, David overcame all these things because he was resilient. He learned to bounce back. And I think a big part of that is because as we look through the Psalms, we see his heart to trust God in all things. We see what he, what he says and what he does through his songs. <clears throat> so we recognize that God's his hand and God's favor was upon his life. He had the relationship part with God. Um, and I think part of that is, is, is understanding God's character. So we're gonna, I'm going to read Psalms 23. You, you might have, might know this. But just pay attention to the wording. Um, it's, it's amazing that this psalm, in so few words, says so much, just like the Lord's Prayer. So few words. Remember we said the Lord's Prayer takes 21 seconds to pray if you just pray it straight through. If you, if you use it as a pattern, take a minute, two minutes of your day and it will help you to, to focus. Well, Psalms 23 is the same thing. Very concise, and it's saying something about who God is. And David, as a shepherd, referring to God as a shepherd. So we'll see this. Psalms 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell on the house of the Lord forever. So David is pointing out these characteristics of God. I'm going to help you to see it in a second. But Psalms 23, it starts off saying, the Lord is. He recognized, like like Jesus, right? It starts with God, in the beginning God, and in the end God. He, rec- he says, you, you got to re- recognize, God is God, you're not. He's in control. He, he can help you on this journey. David, the same thing. The Lord is. That alone sets up the tone for this whole psalm, is the Lord is. He says, the Lord is a good shepherd. So there's a story that's told of a, of a deeply depressed woman who went to see a psychiatrist Seeking relief and seeking help. And after five sessions, he wrote a prescription to her. And this is what his prescription said. He said, go to Niagara Falls, check into a motel for five days, all day except for Mills, stand at the bottom of the falls, stare up at it, and contemplate its awesome power. And do this, and I will see you when you get back. So she gave her the, the prescription, the note, and she stares at the note. And as she's looking, her face begins a little harder. And she begins, kind of gets really mad, and she explodes with anger. He says, you crack, you charlatan, all you want is my money. I come every, every week and I pay you $100 for the hour I see you. And, and for what? For this, for this note to go to Niagara Falls? What, what, what is this about? And so calmly, the doctor, he explains really the remarkable prescription and what it was. He says it like this. He says, okay, I've seen you now for five sessions. I mo- mostly listened and you talked without stopping for an hour each time. All you talked about was you, your dreams, your hurts, your failures, your guilts. He said this, all you need to get well is to see something bigger than yourself. All you need to do, all you need to get well is to see something bigger than yourself. See, a restored perspective is the one, is one of the most important ingredients in in the prescription each of us needs to get well in our life. It's one of the key ingredients. and, And prayer helps us to do this. Hope is another ingredient. And answered prayer helps with that. When God answers a prayer for somebody, we get hope. When God answers a prayer for us, we have more hope. He's going to do it again. He's going to help us on this journey. But it's about a restored perspective. And really, prayer is about that. It's helping us to see. And David understood that. That's why he said, the Lord is. He starts his prayer off by saying, the Lord is. The Lord is. It's about God. It's it's God's help. And he says like this, uh, the, the first sentence he uses, he's referring to, there's these different characteristics of God. Um, and we see in the Psalm 23, it's referring to these major uh, Hebrew names of God. So the people of Israel gave different names to God to explain different attributes and characteristics of God's nature. And so the first one, the Lord is my shepherd, they give him the name Jehovah-Rohi, which means my shepherd. So when they would pray to Jehovah-Rohi, they're saying, God, you're my shepherd, you lead me. And David recognized that. In his psalm, he's recognizing God as our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, sheep, they're among the, the stupidest of all animals. Do you guys know that? They're really dumb. They're not smart animals. Um, I think you can teach them a little bit of stuff, but relatively they're they're they they don't, they do not they can not take care of themselves. Uh they're they're one of the most defenseless defenseless animals. Um and it always they depend on somebody to help them and guide them where where to find food, where to find water, even where to rest and, and all that. And they need somebody to defend them from, from predators. And so they're defenseless. In this I think he's recognizing that God is like a good shepherd and we are like sheep who need a shepherd to lead us. And in this prayer, he's recognizing, God, you're leading me on this life. You are a good shepherd. When it comes to prayer, that was weird. When it comes to prayer, he's, he's, he's helping us to recognize that God, he's leading, he wants to help us on this journey. The next part of this, the, the verse is, I shall not want. It's, it's another name for God is Jehovah Jireh, which means God my provider. Like He's going to provide for us. I shall not want. What is the psalmist saying in this? What is he saying that we shall not want, like we don't need things, we don't want things? No, he provides for us where we feel feel satisfied, we feel taken care of. Um, Another way we can say is God will take care of you. God will take care of me. That's what David is saying. You You are God, my provider. You will take care of me. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we ask God for things, and I'm so grateful that he says no to some things we ask for because later on down the road we realize wow, that was really not a good prayer at all. I am glad I did not marry that person, right? Like, that would have been really bad. Thank you, God, for not answering that prayer, right? But you can imagine, if God answered every single thing we prayed all the time, what we would become? Spoiled brats, right? And so sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is wait. not a bad thing. But his answer is always good, and he always wants to lead us on this journey. And he gives us limits. And even in our prayers, he gives us limits. And this is a good thing, because a life without limits... Becomes a life without maturity. And that is never the will that God has for you or for me. He doesn't want you to be immature. Never. So by not answering and making us wait, making us seek him for the things, it helps us to mature and become healthy individuals. And so he doesn't always answer. So sometimes it's not good for us to have everything we want. Um, Not having or having to wait for something is a good thing. Maybe making us earn something, if if that's good for us. The same way I teach my kids, you can't have everything you want all the time. It's okay. Sometimes you have to wait. When you're older, can I have a, a, a dog? Yes. When you are 19 and you have your own house, you can have a dog. You take care of it, right? I'm not going to take care of your dog for you. I could, yeah, I could probably take care of four kids. How can I take care of a dog also? Anyways, all right, enough of that. So he, 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 he's our provider. I shall not want. You know, the, the psalmist says, God, give me what I need for today. Just like Jesus' prayer, give me this, this day, my daily bread. He said, give me enough enough for today, See, if, if I have too little, then I might be tempted to go still. If I have too much, then I might become proud. Like, let me, give me what I need for today. And the principle in the Bible is stewardship. Really, God will give you what you can handle, what you can manage well, because he's a good God. If you can't manage something well, why would he give it to you? It's only going to hurt you. And so he, in the in psalm, he said, you're going to provide what I need. And as I become a better manager, you'll, a better steward, you're going to give me more resources to be able to do more good. And, and I'll be satisfied. I shall not want because you're my provider. The next line: He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's a great picture. So this is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He's leading me beside these places of refreshment where I can find good nourishment. I just I feel refreshed and I can I can lay down and I can rest by this quiet stream. Can you picture it in your mind? Just laying down next to this river, just kind of going and you hear the you know the, the the noise of the mountain like the Pecos and he's taking this place where it's just tranquil. And it's it's there's, there's, a, there's peace because God is a God of peace. He is my peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. So so David's pointing out another attribute of God, who God is. He's my peace. And choosing God's, God's will is the only way really to get free from things and to have his peace. We have to learn to, to trust him. The next line is, he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He restores my soul. And I think today as, been, as I was preparing, I think this is really the key that we need to have if we're going to be resilient people. We need to learn how to let him restore our souls. See, so our souls are our emotions. They're, they're tied to our memories. They're tied to things that happen to us. Our soul is, is that deeper part of us that, that really affects everything we do. And, and the psalmist is saying, he is, he's my healer. He restores my soul. He brings health and wholeness, even to the things that the enemy meant for bad in your life. And he heals those things. See, because when we live out of the soul, out of the pain of that, experience or out of the pain that we've experienced in life sometimes we make bad choices but if we let god work in our lives and heal us we can make better choices and He's saying god is the person that restores our soul he helps us with our emotions what we feel we can't be led by those feelings so we don't we don't always see things as they really are we tend to see things as we are so we can look at one, pers- one thing that's going on, one problem, one challenge in our life, and we don't see it as it really is. We see it only as we, we want to see it or as we, we think it is. And when God restores our soul, he actually helps us to have a bigger pers- perspective of saying there's something beyond this. It's bigger than just this one thing you think. Maybe it's not as bad as you think. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to overcome. Maybe it's not a challenge or a difficulty, but something that you can grow from. And those things that we see as challenges are not good. Sometimes are the very thing that God wants us to walk through so we can become who he wants us to be. And he's helping us to see things as he sees things, not just as we see things. And that is huge. If you're going to be resilient and you're going to bounce back from challenges in life, you have to learn to trust God to lead you to see the things that he sees, not just the things you see. Because when you only it your way, it's going to be flawed, it's going to be skewed, and you'll miss out. The next one, um, he leads me in paths of righteousness. He's Jehovah's Canoe. My righteousness. Like he's, he makes things right for us with God. He leads me in paths of righteous name, righteousness for his name's sake. Another idea of righteousness is right thinking. This idea that um, when we think right, uh, we, we, do the, we accomplish the right things. The thing I love about this, this part of, the, of Psalm 23 is he's saying he leads me. See, God is not a taskmaster pushing you from behind with a whip. He's a, he's, a, he's a shepherd that's leading you on this path of life, this journey. He's with you. He's coming alongside you. You know, we said last week when, it's, when in the beginning that it says that God walked with Adam and Eve. Like he walked in the garden with them. God wants to walk with you in life. Not just today, but tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. And when you're going through really difficult times, he wants to walk through with you with all those things. Because he's a God that wants to lead you on the right paths. Not pushing you forward, but guiding you. You know, it's right thinking. Because if if, if, if I follow my thinking... If I follow his thinking, it'll change from wrong thinking to right thinking. It'll help my with my mind and my thoughts. See, see, behavior always follows thoughts. If you have bad actions, it started with a bad thought. If you have a good action, it started with a good thought. Behavior always follows your thoughts. So it's important that we learn what he's saying is, lead me on this path of righteousness. Help me to think correctly. Help me to think like you. Help me to, to think the way you think. And when you think his way... It feeds it. If you think right, you live right. And if you live right, your thoughts will continue to stay right. So he's saying, guard your thoughts. And the Bible tells us, be, be, pay attention to what you're thinking. Pay attention to the things that you set your heart on, and that you think about and you dwell on all the time. Pay attention to those things, because they will eventually, the thoughts that you have will eventually get down to your heart. And once it's there, it can be very um, toxic and poisonous, because it distorts even more what you think, you, you, what's going on. So we're saying essentially, lead me away from those things that might tempt me to sin. Keep me on a path that will keep me on your way. The next one is Jehovah Shammah. I love this one. He is present. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. So the name Jehovah Shammah means God. It actually means God is there. Like this idea that, all right, so tomorrow, yeah, God's there. And that difficulty is coming up in two weeks. Yeah, God's there. He's already there. Like he's waiting for you to be able to walk through that. He's there. He's here. Whenever you're going through something, he's present. He's there with you. It's a great name of God. A great characteristic of God is saying he is present. He's fully present. Today, he's here. Later on today, he's there. Tomorrow, he's there. Whatever you face. and He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you are there with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's a great word picture. David is saying, talking about God, how he is, that even when we go through the hardest of times, uh, this last week, I went to the, to the funeral of Pastor Carl, one of our overseers, on Monday. And on, on, at, during the service, um, you know, there was some, some laughing, there was some crying, uh, just some time to remember what he did, to hear, see the impact he had on, on people around him. Uh, and then we shared stories as, as friends of, of him and, and talked for a while. It was very, it was very healing for me to, to, to walk through that process. But even before that, when Carl was in the middle of the shadow of death, all right, he was walking through that. He had Peace. Like, he wasn't freaking out. When I would talk to him on the phone, yeah, obviously he didn't want to die. He would tell me that. Like, man, if God heals me, that'd be awesome. But if he doesn't, I'm at peace. I'm going to be with him soon. It's like, it's like Paul, you know, when he's going through these really difficult times, and even, even the times where he should be okay to be mad at people, he's saying, no, all is well. Like, I'm at peace. God, God wants me to accomplish something in life. When God is with you and you recognize that, he's present, it helps you to get through even the hardest of times. You know, in our culture, there's a lot of what ifs right now that's going on. What's going to happen to us? Well, God's with you. He's there. Whatever's down, coming down the pipe, he's there with you and he'll take care of you. Why? Because he's Jehovah Shammah. He's present. He's there. And that's comforting to know. He's there on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. He's there. All you have to do is open your eyes and recognize and realize, okay, God is in the middle of all this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David understood something about God, that he's still there. And then the last name, there's other names that we can talk about that are there, but the last part we'll, we'll close off with this. Jehovah Nissi, he's my defender. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like God is my defender. He's my banner. He's the one that helps me to accomplish things. See, in this, in this verse or this, this portion of the Psalm 23, speaking about God's loving providence in the midst, not in the absence of enemies, but in the middle of the enemies. He's saying God will prepare something good even in the middle of my challenges, even in the middle of what I'm facing. And he goes on to say this. He goes on to say, You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. What is he talking about? Anointing oil in his his day was was for a couple of different things. For for wounds and for healing and for health. And it was also for to anoint somebody or to, to put somebody in a position of, of authority. And so when he's anointing, David, he's saying, God anoints us. He's saying, I'm, I'm putting you in positions of, of, of delegated authority, of responsibility to accomplish something that only you can accomplish, and I'm going to help you do that. And then he says, my cup runs over. So in the presence of my enemies, he's giving me this banquet that I can enjoy. He's giving me an anointing the ability to do things that I can't do on my own. And then, not only that, my cup, like he gives pouring more blessings into it that he can't even contain. It's overflowing onto my lap. Now, if that's not a great picture of God loving you in front of, even the people that hate you, it's awesome. David saying, "I trust God for all these things." Another characteristic of who God is, it's about favor, it's about authority, it's about God helping us on this journey. So there is a few assumptions we have to know about Psalm three. The first is this: that the Lord is good and caring, and a caring shepherd provider, even as we are needy sheep. The second assumption is this: I have needs in my body, such as food and water. You do too. God cares for those things. My soul also needs needs it has needs such as restoration. We have to take care of ourselves because when we get depleted, we make bad choices. God understands that and he wants us to be healthy and whole. i get ready to just kiss this fails again. Next assumption is this. I, leave, I live in a confusing world and I need guidance. I'm going to trust God for all things. Five, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. All right. David is assuming a matter of when, not if. Some of you already walked through those places and God was in the middle with you and he'll be there whatever you face. There'll be times I need comfort and protection, and God is there to help you with that. Number 7, I will not I will have enemies, not might, but I will have enemies, but in the middle of that God is still with us. He's helping us. So here's today's challenge, all right? So Psalm 23 gives us a picture of who God is, his characteristics. So when we pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? We're beginning to recognize that God is God and he's all these things that we just talked about. He's our provider, He's our helper. He's our shelter. He's our He's our healer. He's the God that's there with us in the middle of whatever we face in the challenges, in the, in the struggles. He's there. He's our right righteousness. He's helping us with right thinking. He's present. And so he's saying he's there. So our challenge is this. This week, would you use the Lord's Prayer again as a, as a model? Uh, if you missed last week, go listen to it. I'll help you get that model and, and, and walk through it. But every day, just pray the Lord's Prayer. If you can do it multiple times, that's great. If you can't, that's okay. Just just Begin to practice and try this. By the end of our series, I promise, if you will do these things, you will see that your soul will begin to be refreshed. How was David able to accomplish so much for God? Because he allowed God to refresh his soul, sometimes on a daily basis. And if you read David's Psalms, he didn't hold back. He's like, man, punch my my enemies in in the nose, break their nose, take them out. He's letting all these emotions that he's feeling for these guys that want to kill him. And he's letting it out like like a, to a counselor, to God, like a psychiatrist saying, God, help me with this. I think that was very healthy for, for him and it's very healthy for us to let it out and just tell God. He can handle whatever it is you're going through. He's not surprised. He's not shocked. He can handle it. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows before you say it. Just just say it. Let it out. It'll be healthy and it'll help you. It will take care of our soul. So if you use these, these principles it'll, it'll, in prayer, it'll help you. And then as you pray the Lord's Prayer, I would encourage you, would you read Psalm 23? And would you pray that prayer? So you pray the Lord's Prayer, read Psalm 23, and you pray it. Especially if you feel overwhelmed, you feel stressed, you feel depressed. Would you, for a moment, like the psychiatrist, you take a moment, walk out to the grand, grandeur of God, just like the Niagara Falls, and you open yourself up to say, okay, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, I need your help. You know, we sang a, a song this morning that says, "Here now. I think that would be almost the equivalent of Psalm 23. Is he's recognizing, God, you're here in the middle of everything we're facing. Like, you're here now. Now, I'm going to fix my heart on you. I'm going I'm I'm to look towards something bigger. I'm going to look towards something bigger than myself so that, that I can recognize that you're a good God and you're here. One of the things that we do at our church that's pretty amazing is, is uh, we have, we have uh, during G Kids, every, every single week, G Kids has um, these cards, are called God Time cards. And every single week that the kids come to our church, they, they put this on the back. It says, Dear God, this week I want to thank you for. And then they put their thing they're thankful for. And they say, And this week I want to pray for. And they put that prayer. And then their, their group leader. And they meet in groups. And they, in their group, as, as a group, they pray for these things. And we're teaching our kids even the importance of prayer. To, to have the right focus, the right attention. Like it says this, Dear God, uh, this week I want to thank you for my dog coming back from running away. It's pretty awesome. I want to pray for my family being good. Um, God, this week I want to thank you for food, water, and family. Uh, this week I want to pray for my family. Um, I want to thank you for our wonderful family and friends. This week I want to pray for my friends and and family and health and happiness. I want to thank you this week for everything, God. I want to pray for my family, my family. Thank you for my family. I pray for my mom, my dad, um, my family for shelter to be healthy, for friends. Uh, for good grades, and the next one, I think he, he got his prayer answered. I want to thank you for good grades and, and pray for the poor. All right? So you took care of my good grades, and I want to pray for the poor. Pretty cool. Um, this week, I want to thank you for uh, my family. I need to pray for my life. Um, and it just, they just go on and on, and these cards, I don't look at them all the time, but every now and then I'll pull them out, and I'll just see what our kids are praying for. Um, but here's what's cool. Your kids, as they go to, to G-Kids, they're praying for you. And I, I guarantee God hears those prayers. And, and and it's going to make a difference in your life. Uh, if there's any of you who teach your kid, that, that's one of the things. Like David, he put his his, his um, reliance on God for everything, and he trusted God in all things, and God was able to use him mightily. You want your life to count? Trust on God. Trust in God for all things, and He will make your paths straight. Like He'll lead you, and nothing can stop you because He's saying, I- "I'm behind you." He even finishes saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all, all, follow me all the days of my life. It's like all these good things that God has for you are in your life around you. It's like, oh, wow, there's goodness there, and oh, there's mercy there, and this is awesome. Because you're following God. He's the good shepherd. So this week as you pray, our Father, and you pray Psalms 23, I would encourage you, just be, be aware. In fact, would you, would you, would you pray with me this, these two things? Um, I, I put it in the Old King James Version because I think that's the most familiar people will know. And just so you know, it says debts, so we get to that part, so nobody's not tripping over trespasses and debts and sins. You know, you can interchange any of those, it's fine. Uh, but we'll, we'll just, you're aware, so we all do this one. Pray this with me. All right, go to the next slide for me. Pray with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're here today, maybe you're new to church, come back, you haven't been here for a long time, or you're coming back and you're, you're looking for something. One of the interesting things about Psalms 23 and the Lord's Prayer is they both end with forever. This idea of what we have right now is temporary. The struggles you have, those are temporary. The sickness you might face, that's temporary. Forever is not temporary. Forever is forever. See, no matter how good temporary is, it's only temporary. So you might have the perfect life right now, but it's only temporary. Forever is not. It's eternal. It goes on. And in these prayers and in these moments, the, the psalmist and Jesus t- teaches his disciples, he's saying there's something more beyond this. Don't forget it. And the reason I bring that up is because today some of you come and you're so focused on temporary that you're going to miss the eternal. You might get everything you want now, but you can miss everything that God has for you later on. And part of our church, what we love to do is connect people and say, hey, this, we want good for the temporary. We want earth to be good. We want your life to be awesome. But don't miss the next thing. The kingdom of God is it's now, but it's also then. After you're gone... See, my, my friend Pastor Carl, he was at peace with his cancer and knowing that end of his life was coming. Why? Because he was focused on forever, not on temporary. Don't lose sight of forever because you're focused on temporary. We see things as we are, not as they really are. And we're temporary in bodies and we see it sometimes as that. And so, Dave, this is what I would ask you to do. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to, to invite God to help you with forever that you wouldn't miss that. And even as you pray these prayers, I hope that when you get to forever, you begin to recognize, oh, wow, this is only temporary what I'm facing. God has something so much more. If you're here today, um, I want to invite you to just start that relationship. But I find it very interesting that that God actually uses prayer to start a relationship with him. In in Romans 10, 9 through 10, this is what it says. If the team could come on up, get ready to, to close us in a song. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Openly declare. He's saying when you, if you pray your prayer and you, you declare it. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It's through a prayer and through a belief that God makes, makes you right. And you start that journey. And so today God is inviting you to start this journey with him. So would you do me a favor, would you close your eyes and bow your heads today as we get ready to close? If you're here, and you, you know when I say you're, you're focused on temporary, you're focused on the immediate, you're focused on now. And you become so focused on it, that's all you see. God is saying, can I help you see something more? Don't get stuck. God wants to walk with you like a friend walks next to you. And he's inviting you to say, would you take that step of saying yes I trust you. So if you're here today and you would like to take that next step, would you do me a favor just raise your hand? I'm not going to make you come to the front, just lead you in a prayer where you're at. But if that's you, you're here and you say, you know what? I need, I need God in my life. I see your hand. Awesome. Anybody else? I need God. I want God to be my shepherd. I want him to be the one that walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. I want him to be the one that's present in the middle of my needs. I want him to anoint my head and help me to accomplish great things in life. For you that raised your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christian and Christ follower in the room, would you join us in praying this? Say today, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. That I have sinned and I'm separated from you. Forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for me so I can have a new life and a better life. I believe you're alive today and you want to walk with me and lead me. Help me to follow you. I put my trust in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.